Now, the most important thing I can tell you is what's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to that, whether it's on the app, you have a Bible in hand, or you are on an iPad at home or, or whatever. And while you are turning to chapter 2, I, I want to tell you that all of us know that you know, in just a matter of uh, days or a couple of weeks, we are going to see a lot of things that's got to do with one of my favorite subjects, chocolate and hearts and valentines and all that. So we're going to see a lot of things uh, that has to do with the heart. And in this passage that we're going to look at this morning, there's nobody that cares about a heart more than the Lord does. The Lord loves our heart so much that Jesus died so he could live in our heart. And you know I'm not speaking about your physical heart. And we'll read together, but the Lord really puts a lot of emphasis in his word on our hearts. The Bible says, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, but was it, uh, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be, listen to this, to be entrusted with the gospel. Even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. God tests our hearts. I don't want you to confuse the testing of our hearts with God tempting us. God does not tempt. Somebody else handles all that, amen? Somebody else does that. God doesn't test. But that word test, I, I want you to really think about that. This God tests our heart. If you look at the Greek definition, and we have that for you, that, that word actually means to test. I want you to listen to some of these explanations here. To test, examine, prove, or scrutinize. Listen to this, to see whether a thing is genuine or not as metals, but it also means to recognize as genuine after examination, to approve, to approve or to deem worthy. February of 2019, after the sweetest grandbaby that's ever been born to the planet was born. I know. If you were preaching, yours would be that because they're all precious. Amen? Yes, they are. A, a week after that, I found myself in the hospital having a full heart workup, heart test. All kind of things done. And you know what I remember about that more than anything? Uh, not only staying in that room and Angie and myself, but about, and they did all those tests. And if you've ever gone down this road, you know what 
what it looks like. But y'all, about 2 a.m., this sweet lady come in there with what's called a nitroglycerin pill. Now, when that thing got in my system, I had a headache so bad that I think I said, I'd rather die of a heart attack than the headache this thing's brought on. Because it was a Jerry Clower moment. You got to shoot up here amongst us. Me or the nitroglycerin pills got to have relief. It was horrible. It was bad. And when she came in about 6 a.m., it, it was just now kind of like, like thinning out. Y'all know what I mean, thinning out where it was tolerable. She said, well, here we go. I said, what, 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 go, what, what, here we, what, go? She said, oh, you got to take another before you do your stress test. I said, honey, I've already done a stress test since about 2 a.m., and I failed it. I said, I can't do this no more. And I didn't have to take it. I told her, I said, I, I'll just have to just discharge myself. I can't do this no more. This is worse than what I came in here for. I can't stand a headache. I've almost preached the equivalent of a revival about that. I said, I can't do this. And so she said, okay. And uh, the good news is I... Finally got completely over it, and I passed the stress test, and the guy said, or, you know, on the treadmill, he said, man, you probably one of the best we, we've seen in a long time. I said, praise God, let me go to the house. I'm hungry. And so I, I thank God for that. I, I don't know if it was just the joy, just had my heart like that of Beckham being born in the world. I don't know what it was. There's a lot going on in that. But, but heart test, as you know, physical heart test, man, they, they can be scary, and, 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 and it can be painful. It can be very unknown. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't even know what to expect, and that's what it looks like. And, and, and the Lord says that he tests our heart. Now, heart tests are ran on all kind of people, but there's also other kind of tests that people have to uh, perform and do. And, and we got one I want you to see. You've probably seen this. Uh, if you're older than 30 years old, you've probably seen this. I hadn't seen one of these in a late time, and it's only about a 15-second clip. I want you to watch the screen real quick. And I tell you, the crash test or the crash test dummies, now they go through some stuff, don't they? I mean, those jokers suffer, man. They, I don't even know, a lot, of them, a lot of them don't even live through it. I mean, they take a beating. And, you know, if they don't do those tests that are painful, then you, you, you know that even they have uh, what looks like a little baby in between both of them because people can suffer from if they don't do these tests to make vehicles as safe as they possibly can. And the Lord loves my heart and your heart so much, the Bible tells us, that He constantly pays attention to everybody in this room, everybody watching us. He constantly pays attention. In fact, He pays so close attention to you 
and your heart that he never takes his eye off of you. The Lord from time to time will test our heart and he knows that if he neglects to test your heart and to test my heart that something will set in something like bondage and in in the the physical world the heart if it goes un uh if it goes neglected and perfect uh, per tests are not performed on it blockage can set in and if you don't take care of it and so the lord knows that in a spiritual way that if he sees me eating too much spiritual fried chicken and it's starting to clog up my spiritual heart and I'm maybe not paying attention to worship music like I should in my home or I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not even doing an hour daily bread devotion, man. I probably don't even have time to pray. And the Lord sees all this. He says, boop, boop, boop. Some kind of machine goes off in heaven and the Lord says, uh, we got to do a heart test right here because I, I, I see some alarming things showing up on this test right here. So we've got to do something. And like blockage on the human heart, he knows the spiritual side of this. If a heart goes uh, untouched or untested, that bondage can set in. Not blockage necessarily, but a bondage can set in. And this is exactly why when you read so many stories in the Bible about people having a test, you want me to give you, an, well, I'll give you two real quick. The first one comes to my mind. The Bible says about Abraham being tested by the Lord. His heart was being tested just to make sure before his seed was as the stars of heaven or the sands of the sea. Because everybody can receive blessing, amen? But a lot of people don't want to go through the heart test make sure you can handle the blessing. And many times God puts us in heart tests, heart workup, full heart workups, even with the old nitroglycerin thrown in there. He does that a lot of times because he wants to make sure that you and I are in a place where we can receive a blessing that he's about to pour out. Otherwise, we would almost go into some kind of heart rhythm and we would walk weird. We wouldn't come into church. We wouldn't pray. We wouldn't read. We wouldn't worship. And you see, we'd have some kind of bondage going on because, oh, the blessing turned into a bondage. So God says, here we go. And he says, Abraham, I need you to take your son, your only son. Heart test. Sounds like a Bible story. It was a heart test. I want you to take him. He got the wood. The boy said, Isaac said, Daddy, Daddy, you've got the wood and you've got the knife, and, but, but where's the lamb? And so heart test, he was already in the right frame of mind. He said, the Lord will supply the lamb. He will supply the ram. He will supply the sacrifice. Another test we, we read, and you know he passed the test. He got all the way up. It was scary. I mean, he swallowed the pill, and he probably had a huge headache. He might even been nauseous because he thought he might slay his only promised son, but God 
stopped him, and he said, you pass, you can go home and get ready for the stars, get ready for the sand, because your heart can take what I'm about to do in your life. God's talking to somebody in this church right now. You don't know why you've been going through what you've been going through, but it's God just making sure not to punish you because you've been slack, not to punish you because you haven't been what you should be, but God is to prep and prepare you and make sure that you can handle what he's about to do in 2021. That's what he's doing. I think about that old girl, that teenager. I don't want to give a height uh, measurement to her, but I think about Esther. That seems like a dirty trick in a lot of people's minds. You, you're going to do this to this girl? You're doing this to Esther? She's got the weight of all this? It wasn't the weight of everybody's life on her shoulders. If you look through the wrong glass, it is. But if you look at it through the eyes of the Lord, it was God setting her up to be a great deliverer for her people, to set her up where her family could experience the Messiah being born later on down the road. And we see this all through, from Genesis, the revelation. We can see Almighty God doing the heart test. And if you go back at the beginning of verse 4, he said, because I've trusted you, I haven't trusted Congress or anybody in the White House, or in any kind of entertainment or sporting industry. I have entrusted you with the gospel, and I need to do a heart test on a regular basis to make sure you will and can carry my heart to the next harvest field I'm about to give you. That's what the Lord does. And we know that plaque builds up in our human heart, and... Then the flag, you know, they run the die in and the camera in and they see all the buildup. I won't never forget. We've already prayed for Mark, uh, Mike, but I won't, for, I won't forget when Mike, uh, and this is probably some more of you in here, had to have a, a stent or stents put in. And the doctor was a real good artist, by the way, but, but he actually drew out. I mean, he was a great artist. And he drew out a heart and it looked like a picture, but he drew what his heart looked like, like before and after, and showed, you know, the Widowmaker thing. He, he was a bona fide man. He had one, and it, it was all blocked. And he showed how the plaque and all the blockage was in there. And see, we, we have a camera if we go to have that kind of test run for this, this kind of heart. And, you know, the blockage can lead to death. But, but how do we tell... I'm about to be on the move, so i got to give you guys a heads up. I'm about to be on the move. So how do we tell, because we don't have a camera, a physical camera, that can look at the heart like uh, we can go to the doctor and they can show us in a drawing or on a picture or in some kind of uh, scan. They can show us what that looks like. B but how do we do that? How do, how do we know whether or not... Uh, we are causing, uh, not plaque, but we are, it, it, I'm beginning to see some bondage being formed. How, how does that look in God's eyes? And how do we do things that bring that on? We know on our, on our human heart what we do that brings that on, how we don't exercise, we can't fast, but we can eat food that kills us. And we say we don't fast because of health reasons. I'm telling you. We run into a lot of IQ tests during the fast season. A lot of IQ tests.
people say, well, I can't really fast because I got this or that and all that. Hey, and I'm not being insensitive or condescending or nothing. But folks, if you cannot fast, Daniel fast. I mean, if you just, Daniel fast. If you cannot fast some because of health reasons, which has scientifically proven, not only biblically, but scientifically proven that it's going to make you better than you were. Some is better than none. But you can put food in your body that can not only cause problems and potentially kill you. I'm telling you, that dog won't hunt, folks. So don't put him out there. It won't work. It won't work. But how do we do this, though? How do we say, I wonder if I'm doing something? Well, let me just tell you what brings on some of that bondage, and, and God has to do these heart tests. God says, well, I need you to, you know what? I'm going to have to do one part up here, so I'm going this way. God does this right here. He says, I need you to do something at work, or I know we don't have anybody in school. He says, I need you to do something at work tomorrow. So here we go. We go into work, and, you know, we take our time card. Well, we don't even have that no more. Forget that. Over 50 does that kind of stuff. And the Lord says, I need you to, at work, that co-worker that, that I brought before you, I need you to tell that co-worker that you are here to help them do anything. And, and, and you know they framed you. They've talked about you. They've stabbed you in the back. They got your position and got your rate. And, and, and God says, I need you to go in my behalf because you're entrusted with the gospel. I need you to go to them. And I need you to just tell them that God laid you, them on your heart. And if you can do anything for them or their family or, or come to church with you, uh, I'm here at your disposal. You say, well, no, because it'll cause problems. Automatically, the bondage sets in. It starts. And then later on, the Lord says, you know, uh, you get off of work and people that maybe you used to run with or hang with, and all, you know they're not in church. And the Lord says, I need you to invite them to church. I know you got social distancing and all that, but you know we're going to keep you safe and all that. Uh, I, I, I need for you to invite them and their family and you say, well, God, if I do that, and you start arguing with them. Well, all of a sudden now, it's kind of uncomfortable, you see. The Lord says, you know, you hadn't spoken to your mama or your daddy, whatever it might be. It might be a sibling. You hadn't spoken to them because you had a disagreement about an, uh, something that happened in the family. And, and I need for you, even though nothing was your fault, I need for you to go and say, listen, I love you, and you are my whatever. And you say, well, Lord, and all of a sudden, now you're down on one knee. The bondage is setting in. Do y'all hear me this morning? And God says, I need this year. I know that you think you can't afford it, but that 10% that you get every week, and you say that you can't afford to do it, but you shop on Amazon and... You spend way more than that 10% on stuff that you don't need. That was mine, and I need you to start. To, but God, but you know, we, got the, we had to get our water heater replaced, and then all of a sudden, the Lord says, listen, I've laid a ministry on your heart. 
I've told you where you could be involved and you could be a, light, a lamp and a light and you'd be a blessing to your family. You'd be a, a leader in your family. Your family would even see the difference and your children would want to grow up and be like Jesus because they see you and you say, yeah, but Lord, I just took this position at work and it's going to keep me out of... And I can't, I can't always go to... All of a sudden, church, I don't have a blockage... I don't have a blockage issue. I got a bondage issue now. And so what the Lord will do, he will give you a nitroglycerin test, a pill, and he'll say, Opie, I need for you to wake up 30 minutes early every day and just don't turn nothing on but I just want you to spend that time with me. And all of a sudden you find out, well, here I am, it's hard. You made your mind, the devil says, you know, 30 minutes, that, you need that 30 minutes because you went to bed, but you say, no, but the Lord's calling me there and I feel the Lord calling me there. I feel the Lord right now when I got up off the floor. God says, you know what? I know that 2020 made us do a lot of weird things, but this year you, you can do something, and all of, all of a sudden you say, well, I'm going to make my mind up. I'm not going to live in bondage. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to let the news tell me one thing, and I listen to that, but the Word of God tell me something else, and I, dis and I, and I ignore that. And the Lord says, get on up and start working for me. I need for you, I need for you that thing I told you that you just sat down on. I need you to start doing And all of a sudden, here you go. You're back up on your feet again. I need for you to just... Make sure when you get to school, you're in school, you're in college, you're taking classes online, but sometimes you run into friends somewhere because you got to do something. Or maybe you sit at work and the Lord says, listen, you've been kind of quiet, you still pray and you do the right thing, but don't, don't, don't deny me no more. And you say, praise be to God, I'm not going to deny you no more. Because Lord, you said if you deny me, I'm going to deny you before my Father in heaven. And then you find out, well, God is saying, listen, I know this is scary, and I know this is lonely, but I want you to start doing family devotions and praying with your children and your family every night. And you say, God, they all go to bed. They're, one's playing a game. One's out dating and all that. The Lord says, yeah, but you don't want them in hell, do you? Come on, family. We're going to pray together. It ain't going to take 10 or 30 minutes, but I love you, and I'd hate to know that I, w I woke up in the morning and one of you wasn't here, that the Lord took you or your time was up. And all of a sudden... God starts talking, I'm no longer failing those tests, but I'm passing the test, and, and, and it was painful, and it was scary, and it was even embarrassing in some people's eyes. But you know what God did? God says, no, no, listen, I wasn't trying to harm you or hurt you. I was trying to elevate you. I was trying to bless you and take you to a new place you've never been. See, you can do a lot of things in this life because you know somebody that knows somebody or you feel like you paid your dues. But I want to tell you this morning that when you do what God says to do and you pass the test, God can give you a cattle on a thousand hill. God can make you shine out among everybody else like he did David and all the other people like he did Daniel and the three boys. If you pass the test when nobody else will even take the test and people will even hold a grudge at God for giving the test, if you will hold your ground...
and be faithful to God this year, folks. Whatever He tells you to do, do it and don't worry about consequences and God will exalt you in due time while He's passing the test for you in your life. God will do that. Many times we're challenged with obedience like the examples and the people in the Bible and and God knows that if he don't intervene, that there, there's going to be bondage and bondage and bondage. And for whom the son sets free, the Bible says that they are free indeed. And I believe one of the main things, I'm going to pray in just a second, but I got some scripture I want to share with you before we do. But I got to tell you this. I believe that this year starting today, I, I really believe starting this past Wednesday night, which was awesome, by the way. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It was just good. Oh, my word. It, 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 it was good. I, I mean, it was like almost the trumpet had sound and, and we were there. And, and we, we were, I mean, we wasn't at the eating point, but, but we were at the praising point. We, we wasn't eating. We, we were too good in the praise. We didn't care about the marriage supper. It was just that good, man. Praise the name of Jesus. Anyway, so the Lord knows that in the church right now, I, I, I think 2020, it was a year of vision for us to see what's going on. We finally got to see the Bible unfold in front of our eyes. We saw what it looked like. We are seeing what it looks like. I was just sharing uh, this morning with uh, Deborah and Ed. Don't, don't say, don't put them together. You've got to say them separately. Deborah and Ed, I, I about did it. Don't do that. I was just telling them earlier today that, you know, a lot of things that I uh, found out last year, it, it's been like clockwork. It's happened even to things that were said this way, that were said six months ago by people don't even claim to know God or we don't know who they are or what they are. I said, but every single thing is like, and, and it's because of the Bible. The Bible has made all this stuff so clear. And this is why the Bible says, having ears they hear not, having eyes they see not. And I'm going to be speaking about this Wednesday night. And I want you to make sure that you remember what I'm saying now when you listen Wednesday night. But I honestly believe that 2020 was also in part a heart test. I do. I believe it was a spiritual heart test for the body of Christ. I believe the Lord all over the world, not just our state or our country. I mean all over the world. I believe that 2020 was a heart test from God to see where people are in the midst of what the world's saying, to see where people are. And again, I said it, you know, we can be careful without being fearful. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to not embrace fear because it's only going to escalate. It's going to keep escalating. And the closer we get to the return of the Lord, we cannot fail heart tests, folks. We've got to pass because we've got the gospel that's entrusted to us. And this is what we've got to do. We've got to make sure the gospel goes regardless of the cost, regardless of the expense, regardless of the risk that the world. We've got to make sure that we protect the gospel going forth, even if it looks like in the world's eyes we're not even protecting ourselves because they did it all throughout the Bible. And we've got to do the same thing. And I think the test, the heart test part was for the church right now with 
doing what God is telling us to do. Whether he's laid things on your life or things you know, well, yeah, I've kind of neglected this or that or I hadn't been as, as, as intentional and proactive and, and you kind of just kind of, you know, meld it in there with everybody else. And I think the Lord will as soon as the church. I believe this is the bondage slash blockage that is holding the body of Christ back from massive revival all over this planet. I believe it is when people say, God, here I am to worship. And I'm not here on this earth. I'm not going to worship anything else. I'm not going to worship technology. I'm not going to worship news. I'm not going to worship my flesh. I'm not going to worship other people's opinions or what they say about me or people remember me from that old life. I'm not worshiping that. I'm a new creation in you. You bought me. You've redeemed me. You live inside of my heart. I belong to you. I'm here to worship you until you're through with me worshiping you here and you call me home. That's what I'm here for. And I'm telling you that when the whole church does this, and I mean our church, but I mean the whole church, I believe you're going to hear a sound one day when you wake up. And they're not going to be talking about where there's uh, a vaccine available or where we got low cases or high cases or this plant closed or this place added uh, jobs or... uh, There's fighting again over here in this nation, this country. I don't think you're going to hear that. When what takes place to what I'm referring to this morning happens, I believe you're going to hear somebody saying, you know what? I never thought I I would see that drug addict show up in church. They went to a church yesterday, and they gave their heart. I know what they did. I know they lied to you and stole your money. But they got saved to the core yesterday, and God has used them, and they've already won 100 people since last Sunday into the kingdom of God. I believe you're going to hear that. I believe you're going to hear that. I know I want to hear that. I know that I'm going to say, God, whatever you need, I want you to look at my heart. Psalm 139, 23 says, search me. Search me, Lord. Oh, don't just, don't wink at what I'm doing. No, sir. Search me, oh God. I want you to search me. If there's something hidden that not even my wife knows about, if there's just a thought in there, oh Lord, dig it out. Dig it out. I don't want a crumb in my life. I'm here to worship you. I'm entrusted with the gospel. I want to give my life away to you, oh Lord. Search me and see. You know me. You know my heart. Oh God, try me. Try me. Put the pill in me, Lord. Take it away from me. See if I still am a faithful man of God. Lord, or bless me with it and see if I keep my eyes on you. You search me, God, hallelujah, and do whatever you want to do because you saved me. Hallelujah. The Bible says this. If you go over one chapter in Thessalonians, Bible says, and may the Lord make you, I'm talking to you, increase, we love it, so far, so far so good, amen? Amen. We're not through though, there's some more words there. In love. May the Lord make you increase. And abound. 
Boy, if he'd have just put money right there instead of love, we'd have had it made, wouldn't we? Mm. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love. That's where all the obedience, that's where the heart test is because we all associate heart with love, don't we? We do physically. I want to increase and I want to abound in love to one another and to all. I'm going to stop again right there. One another. That's me and you in this house. You know something a lot of people find hard, and I've got to hurry up, but people find this very hard to believe that, that a lot, the benevolence, I'm talking about helping each other out. We're told in the Bible that we need to do good, but listen to this, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That's talking about especially to your church family. especially to the brothers and sisters in multitude. That's why I told you. I, you know what? When I used to work on computers, thank God he delivered me from that because that was a heart test of its own self. They changed every second. Software, viruses, malware, hardware, compatibility issues, Operating system, oh, jumpers on hard drives. I mean, good googly moogly, Fred. It changed all the time. I couldn't keep up with it. But I don't know the hundreds, if not thousands of hours that I've spent not on fixing a computer, but trying to figure out what to do to fix a computer. And you know why I did that? Not because I was a good service technician. I, I wasn't. But I did that because I can't stand to be whooped. I don't care what it is. I can't stand to be whooped. I don't care if, if you eight foot and you weigh 9,700 pounds. I'm going to figure out a way to drop your rump. I will. When, I, I don't even want to go here, but when I was in ninth grade, before I broke my ankle, after my knee problem, I was number 65. I weighed like 135 pounds. And I was like a right tackle. It looked like Barney Fife out there with a bunch of meat lockers. It did. But you know why I played that position? And then when I went to high school, I was where I should have been running. I played that position until I got hurt because I can't stand to be whooped. I can't stand it. When all this stuff started happening a year ago, do you know how many times the devil said, you whoop now? But that's why 2021, y'all get ready. We're going to do some fellowshipping like we've never done before. It's going to be safe fellowshipping, but we're not going to ignore the Word of God because we've already found out that the world will tell you to stay home and go crazy. Don't worship your God. I'm your God. You do what I say. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being defiant now, but I'm telling you, the Bible says, as many of you that are in here today, it's God's desire and God's will to make you increase 
and abound in love to one another and, and then to all the rest of the people. And he, he was saying, Paul, just as we do to you. And then if you read the next verse, it just simply says that he may, check it out, this is how we're closing, that he may establish, that's where we're trying to get to all morning long, half an hour now, that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. Got a lot of heart tests to stay blameless in holiness. When he tells you, I don't care if a preacher says it's okay. When he says it in his word, you do what he says. Because you want your heart to be blameless in holiness before God and the Father. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. That's what you want. That's what you want. In fact, it's not a good outlook anything other than that at the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would we all agree on that? It don't look good. It, I, I mean, it don't look good. Well, I thought about it, Lord, I tried, and I didn't think you really meant it like that. It don't look good, folks. So, this is what we've got to do. We've got to understand that we've got a Father that cares so much for our heart that he sent his son to die so he could live and reside in my heart. And he doesn't just care about your heart so that you are a saved person or a person that just says, well, I love my salvation. Nope, nope, that's not what he did that for, not, not just by that in itself. But he did this so that you would be entrusted with the gospel, but also because he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He knew that there would be times not when he was testing your heart, but when your heart would be broken. That's why he keeps his eye on you. Your heart would be disturbed. Your heart would be shattered. Your heart would be lost. And, you know, I said Wednesday night, I had the blessing of, of celebrating the life of Leroy Watford, but his family, his wife, Kay, we really had to pray for her. And I do, God, in the name of Jesus. You're the God of all comfort. Just, just completely devastated her heart. And see, this is why I want to pass the heart test every time. I want to be blameless in holiness. I don't care if it's okay in people's eyes. I want to be blameless in holiness when the Lord returns. Because there's days when I say, Lord, this is it. And, you know, I was thinking about an unfortunate thing that a lot of people consider in my life where I was completely done wrong. It was wrong, and I had to get over it. I had to let God help me with it, and it come from a source that it never should have come from. And there's so many times people find themselves, you find yourselves in situations and relationships like that where I didn't do anything wrong. I was trying to help you. Whew. And it got ripped in half. And I know people can identify with what I'm saying. And it might be your own flesh and blood, and it might be somebody like flesh and blood or somebody else. You were, you were doing right. No good deed goes unpunished. But this is why I'm in love with God, because he's able to take my heart 
even when he's doing heart tests, he's even able to take my heart and hold it and help me out during those times. And I want you to close your eyes with me because God wants us to know that he's got our heart. He's going to test it, but he's going to hold it, and he's going to help us, and he's going to use us together until he returns. Father in heaven, I thank you that you test my heart. Lord, you don't check on me every six months. You don't tell me to come back in a year, but Lord, you look at my heart all the time because it's your desire for it to be blameless in holiness, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that you would help every person here, people watching online, Lord, to know and to see and to understand today that you never do anything because you punish us but you're always trying to bless us in one fashion or another to use us because you want us to abound. You want us to increase, Lord. And sometimes you choose the route of financial increase or increase above our peers, our favors, and, and you just, we're not even qualified, but you've increased us because of our heart and you put us in a position we don't even deserve. God, you do all these things. Are you put us, Lord in a place, God, where you can continue to be exalted. But I thank you today, Lord, that every hurting heart, every confused, every fearful heart, Lord, you're able to help that person. And God, help us to strive to be blameless, Lord, and to be obedient. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah and amen to you, Lord.